Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, I want to kind of, you know, as I was kind of praying, I was kind of hearing and praying, God do a lot of stuff sometimes when you're doing what I do um, to hear. I want you to look at this. A couple of weeks ago, like I said, we were in this seed time and harvest. Remember we found, last week we talked about the law of seed time and harvest, the law of Genesis. You know, it's like a law. And we looked at that scripture about seed and harvest. But one of the things that I want you to see, um, you got to say it to work it. And a couple of Sundays ago, I kind of told you that we're not doing enough saying. So I, I want to kind of come over here and let you just look at this, okay? Because God made man in our likeness and in our image, and he, made, he gave them dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air. He gave you power and authority. Now, I want you to um, stay in line with God's word with your, with your communication. It's a big one. Remember we looked at Matthew. Let's just go over this real quick because, you know, sometimes you get too, get too busy for your own good. Let's just go look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12. You look at Matthew chapter 12, 33, either make the tree good or it's fruit corrupt, or you know what I mean? It's fruit good or it's corrupt fruit or good fruit, and just don't be, don't be bad fruit. Glory to be to God. Matthew 12, 33 says this, either make the, Matthew 12, 33, just write those scriptures down, you guys, because you need those. You know, you meditate in this stuff. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. He's saying, so you're known by your fruit, just like the tree is known by its fruit. He said, how can you being evil speak good things? Now, I like this, and I want to I stop here for a minute. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay? Now, verse 34 has been a, ch- a challenge for most because what it's really saying is this. Now, I want you to understand something. Just because it's in your heart in abundance doesn't mean it's truth. Okay? So just write that down and think about that. Meditate, ponder. Just because it's in your heart in abundance doesn't mean it's a truth. It could have just got, it could be lies. So now I want you to look what it says. It says, for what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. Man, that's what the passion says. You got it in King James, that's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a couple of different translations. For what has been stored in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. I didn't even check these, I'm just winging it. Okay, it's your, it's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. That's a good one, right? That's the message. I'm just gonna jump through a couple of them. I didn't even have these prepared kind of like it, you know, it's kind of over-expounding, right? For out of the fullness of the overflow, the superabundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Ain't that cool? So that's a bunch of different translations that I just went through. Well, here's my question, okay? And I'm asking you, and I want you to think about this today, okay? It says, it make the tree good or fruit good? I got that. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth what? <coughs> Excuse me. Speak. Okay, I'm cool with that. 
I know you are too, right? Okay, so if I'm going to, if out of the abundance of the heart, I'm going to let my mouth speak. Here's my question. Well, how to get in my heart? Right? So you got to ask yourself, out of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth speak. Now, if my mouth is going to speak what's in my heart, how did I get what's in my heart? How to get there? Now, that's where you got to understand something. Mark chapter 4 says when you agree. Now, let's just look over there, okay? Now, we're, 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 we're going to study this out because this is, this is Bible study night, okay? So when you look at Mark 4.14, it starts explaining some stuff. Mark 4.14 says the sower sows the word, okay? This is big, this is big stuff. Everybody say big stuff because this is how you learn. The sower sows the word, okay? I'm down with that. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. Okay, now watch this. The word is sown. Now he said, this is the sown word. But when they've heard it, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their heart. These are they by the wayside. So the sower sows the word. So he said, somebody's preaching the word and you hear it, it goes in your heart. Now, here's the big one, right? This is what, I've been teaching this for years, right? Saying comes immediately and steals the word that was sown in our hearts. So the minute you hear, it goes in your heart. Now, now watch this. The parable of the soil produces two, two um, there's a lot of stuff here, but just two things I want you to focus on. Number one, Jesus said when he preached, people that heard had seeds sown in their heart. Okay. Okay, that's big. So that means when I preach to you, the words that come out of my mouth, if you receive them and don't reject them, will go in your heart. Okay? But just because they go in your heart doesn't mean you're going to have acceptance. You have to still receive them with faith. You have to mix them with faith. Is that okay? Yes, it is. So what you're going to find out is the minute you receive those words with faith, you're going to leave that. You're going to say, okay, I agree. The moment you supernaturally, by faith, agree with it, you now take ownership of what you heard. The minute you take ownership of what you heard, you have the ability now to speak out of that. Now, let me show you something that I think is really good. You hear it, accept it, basically accept it in your heart, but then you come to a place where when you speak it out of your mouth, you release it for you. That's Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever things he says, he, he shall have them. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now, when you look at Mark eleven twenty three, 23, I want you to look at something right here. Okay, because 23 and 24 makes sense. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Who? The guy who believes what he says. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, that's a big one. 
What happens if I don't believe what I say? It's not going to come to pass. Those days, which he says, he saith. So what happens if I ain't saying? God can't bring to pass just because you heard. You don't understand that. So you might hear, that's what Jesus was saying in Mark chapter 4, you hear me say it. When I say it, it builds faith internally, but you still got to say it out of your mouth to get it to work. Now, the big one with that is James 1.21. You know, we all, we've been going here for years, guys, but you got to understand it because this is big. Words are important, okay? And then you, James, James talks about words one, two, and three. Faith in works, right? So look at look what he says. He said, you know, get, get all that going on, right? But receive with meekness. James 1.21 talks about receiving with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul, okay? Don't be hearers only, deceiving your own self. That, that's, that's pretty good there. Now watch this. So he says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Great. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. He said, if you just hear and do not release, that's what James 1's talking about. Released believes produces results. If you are a doer only and not a releaser of beliefs, you are self-deceived. For if any man be a hearer and not a releaser of beliefs, he is like a man looking in a natural glass. For he beholdeth this way, straightway, forget it what manner of manner he was. But whosoever looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, not be a forgetful he hearer, but a doer of work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. What's that work? That work is words. What's that work? What you speak. Now, say, but it don't say that. It's implying that, and it'll say that in a minute. But whosoever looks at that Bible, forms those beliefs, but does not release those beliefs with the words of their mouth, he is called a forgetful hearer. But the guy that does it will be best in his deeds. Look at verse 26. It tells on it. If any man among you seem to be spiritual and bridleth not his tongue, he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is vain. See it? Bridle your tongue. Doesn't that sound like bit and bridle? Horse? Yeah. Yeah. Bridleth not his tongue. Woo! If you don't bridle your tongue, if you don't bridle your tongue, you're going to deceive your own heart. What does that mean? A tongue that is not bridled. And I, I wanted you to see something here because I like this because it's kind of funny, you know. Sometimes when you're in this stuff, you kind of like, well, you know, what, is that, what does that terminology mean? What does that terminology mean? Like, what do you mean to bridle? You know what I mean? Okay? It, it, means, to, it means to basically, right, uh, you know, like you would say, you know, you, 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 you steer it, you direct it, you know, you curb it, right? One of the definitions means this, to guide, to hold in check, to restrain. So he who doesn't guide his tongue, puts in check, and restrains his tongue, guess what he does? He in trouble. Because he's going to deceive himself. 
Man, now that word deceive is tricky in this way. You cheat yourself and you delude and deceive yourself. That's big. See what I'm saying? Like you mean like, oh, I'm cheating myself out of stuff. You better believe it. So you got to sow it and you got to say it the way God said say it. Now that's the big thing today, right? I was talking about you after you get in this seed plant and stuff, man, you got to have faith that speaks. Oh, yeah, man. That's why Jesus was saying, remember in Luke 17, he said, if you had faith like a seed, you would say. That's good stuff. So say under that tree. So Jesus is talking to everything. He's talking to trees. He's talking to stuff. Faith is like a seed. What do you mean faith is like a seed? Faith is like a seed. What do you mean like a seed? Faith is like a seed. What do you mean it's a seed? I'm going to show you. Jesus tells two great secrets about faith. Is as a seed or it works like one. You put it in the ground. You let it grow. It'll do what it's supposed to do. You what? You plant and speak. Woo. You know, you got to plant and speak. One side of it is planted. With your, your other side, you speak it, you plant it. Plant and speak. See, that's how God gave you dominion. That's big. Now, let me show you this. The way God gave Adam dominion was through words. God told Adam, you're going to have dominion over everything, but you got to speak it. How is Adam going to control and operate all this stuff in dominion? Words. Now, the tongue could deceive the heart if you're not careful. Okay? You got, you got to be careful with this. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So if, you, if you're praying and you're believing and you got faith and you're saying one thing or you're praying one thing and now you start undoing it with the words of your mouth, that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Remember, Zechariah, conditional promise. How shall this be? This joker's talking himself out of the blessing. God put the mute button on him. And was like, look, man, you got to be quiet because you're going to mess this whole thing up. I'm telling you, that's the, that's the problem with this stuff. If you ain't careful, you'll, 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 you'll get to a point. Well, this is what I want to show you this too, man. This is big, right? Because you could almost undo what God is trying to do with your life through the conditional promises because you can't get it right. Your mouth. You know, and if you don't get your mouth right, we got problems. This is a big one. So I'm gonna, I want to, I want, I want, I want to go back and revisit some of this stuff because it's important. Because if you don't understand, if you don't understand this stuff, what starts happening is you get you get messed up because you know you don't realize the conditional side of this is big, and people don't understand this. So um, what happens is. They slide back from a, a, a right confession because they don't understand how conditional these promises are 
and they almost undo what God did because they can't get the words of their mouth right. Man, ain't that something. And then you're like, well, why is this happening? What's going on here? Well, I'll tell you exactly why it's happening and why it's going on here. Because the problem is we're not watching our mouth. And then that's what we've been talking about. Like, oh, you know, well, it's not that important me watching my mouth. You better believe it's that important you watching your mouth. Because if you don't watch your mouth, you're going to start undoing stuff. And the stuff you start undoing, you might not be able to say, well, my mouth, it ain't that big a deal. You know, it ain't that big a deal. You know what I mean? These, these, come on, Pastor Chris. I'm just kidding around. It ain't that big a deal. So what's the big deal? If it ain't that big a deal, then I don't need to worry about it. You shouldn't worry about it too. No, it's a big deal because the conditional promises of God. Go to Luke, go to Luke chapter 1 and let me show you this, okay? And, and some of the promises of God are conditional, some are not. Luke 1, 19, and we can start with 1, 19, and you can see Zachariah, see the story of Zachariah. And when you see the story of Zachariah, you start understanding like, oh, okay, I got you now. It makes more sense. And the angel of the Lord answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. So these promises are, remember we talked about this that Sunday? Some of these promises are conditional and some of them are not. Some of them are unconditional. Like Jesus coming back, that's unconditional. Whether you want it to happen or not, it's happening. Okay? God's going to bring it to pass. Many of the promises of God in the New Testament are conditional. Okay? Some of these promises made to Abraham and Israel, and they're, they're, they're unconditional, but some of them are conditional. God established these promises then, and he set them in motion, and they're going to stay the same. This is Luke 1. We talked about this a couple Wednesdays ago. That's why it's so important you go to church, man. Okay? So let me show you something here. So the angel, now, now Zechariah prayed these prayers, okay? And, and he wanted the Lord, he, he asked the Lord for a sign. He was praying that he would give given a child. And the angel of the Lord answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show you these glad tidings. Okay, great, 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Zechariah was promised a child. He had been praying and making alms and wanting a kid. And now all of a sudden the angel came to him. You read the whole thing, right? But the angel said to him, fear not, Zachariah. Look, you want to see this? Look, 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 look. Okay. I don't, for t- I, sometimes I'm in a rush. I don't need to be in a rush. You know what I mean? Because they're saying, quarter minute, what's going on? They started to go, to, they started to, go there uh, uh, to burn incense in the temple of the Lord. Verse 9. Luke 1 and 9, you'll see this. It's big. According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when they came into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were there praying without at any time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Verse 12. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. He was praying. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. See that? John the Baptist coming. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. 
And ye shall go before them in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the obedient, the disobedient, to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. See that? So he prayed. God answered his prayer. It said, we're bringing John and he's going to bear witness to the Christ. That's what it was. You know what John the Baptist did? He went before. Right? He was born like what? Six months before or whatever day is. And he said, Jesus and Zacharias, look at verse 18. This is where you get this stuff. So, Pastor Chris, why you say this is conditional, unconditional? Because I'm teaching you this. This is a conditional promise. Okay? And Zechariah said, hey, how in the world am I going to know this is going to happen? For I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in age. And the angel didn't like it. See it? And then he goes on to verse 19. And the angel answered, said, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. I came from God to show you these things. And now, behold, thou is dumb and not able to speak. Look at verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb. He said, I put you on mute so you shut up. Ain't that true? Man. You won't hear this again. I, it's like a repeat in my Sunday, but oh well. Right? You want to see something? Woo! Went to Nazareth. Found him. Watch this. I love this because the, the angel, the angel said, listen, you're about ready to mess this up because your mouth is jacked. Man. Ain't that something else? So you're going to undo with your mouth something I need done in the earth, and now because of it, you ain't talking no more. Now look at Luke 157. Oh, you feeling it? You're going to see it. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and brought forth the son. Now watch this. And her neighbors... And her cousins heard how the Lord had showed her great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced for her. And it came to pass, watch this, that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so. You call him John. You see it? She's like, But I want to call him. They, they took the father's name. Come on, right? He said, no. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is named after that. Why would you do this? And they made signs to his father how he would have him call. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, his name is John. And they all marveled. He wrote on a pen. He said, he can't talk. He said, call him John. And his mouth was open in verse 6. By God, if God might have to shut you up just to get these promises. Remember I preached this a couple Sundays ago? Come on, man. God's going to have to shut you up to get you, to get you to do what he needs you to do. He might just shut you up. Ooh, come on, somebody. 
Did God shut you up for a season so he could get the promise out of you? Did God shut? Oh, some of you thought it was a season of sorrow. It was just a season to shut you up. Some of you thought it was a season of heaviness. No, it's just a season to shut you up. Some of you thought it was a season of pain. No, it's just a season to shut you up. Some of you thought it was a season for setback. No, it's a season to shut you up. Sometimes God got to get you to shut it up so you don't call it nothing different than what he said. Because you can undo it. See, it's conditional. We kept talking. Then he what? And he loosed and he spake and he praised God. Woo! Come on, somebody. Wow. Remember we talked about this? Man. Oh, man. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you're going to receive. You're only limited by what you can believe and speak. The authority of God's word is completely 100% true. But you, don't, you, can, you can cross-circuit it and not get it to work for you because you are, not, you are limiting it by what you believe and you are limiting it by what you speak and you are hindering it by what you believe and speak. That's a big one. Yeah, I'm telling you what. That's what we were talking about. Watch this. Watch this. You want, remember, we used it. We just used this the other day. Look at Hebrews four and one. Hebrews four and one. Y'all remember this one, right? Hebrews four and one starts explaining this stuff. He said, "Man, you ain't mix, make a decision to mix that faith." You could almost go, you could almost do this. Let, let's do this. Let's give it to them. Let's give it to them all in a package because they won't. They, if you look at Hebrews 9, I'm sorry, Hebrews 3, 19, and we're going to go all the way from 4 through 3. That's how it really reads, and that will make sense to you. Okay, so let's just take our time. Is this good stuff? You getting something out of it? These guys are like, yeah, praise God, I'm getting something out of it. Okay. Okay, there's some things that are going to happen no matter what. There are some things that are going to be conditional, and there's some things meaning that if you don't get in agreement with it, God's going to do it like this. There's some things that are conditional you got to have faith for. There's some things that are unconditional like this. Like say this. Let me just, let me just break this down for you, okay? There are some things like, like just say, Jesus coming back, the end of the earth. That's happening. You can pray all day. You can pray that the devil gets saved. It ain't going to happen. There are some things you, you cannot change. It is happening whether you and I want it to happen or not. Now, we could, we could maybe lighten it a little bit. We could maybe dodge some of the effects of it coming against us, but you cannot stop it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? You can, now you can pray all day. You ain't going to stop it. Okay, good. That being said, I'm all right with that. Now, that's some of the things that are definitely, they're, they're unconditional promises, unconditional promises, but then there's conditional ones, okay? Now, watch this. Conditional promises mean it needs your faith to make it come to pass. Some of the promises you desire, if you don't have faith, it ain't going to happen. Now watch this. There's some things that God has done, like the promised land, that if you don't take your faith and put your faith in what he's done, you can't receive that either. Okay? So this is big. Okay? There's some things that will happen whether you believe them or not. Okay? So Jesus gives you biblical perspective of understanding. If you pray and you believe, it'll happen. What happens if you pray and don't believe? It ain't going to happen. Okay? That's conditional. 
Give me something that's not. Jesus is coming again. You can believe it or not believe it. He's coming. Okay? But when it comes to God's promises of certain things through provision and things, that you, you, the, the words that you have to believe, you're going to have to understand this. And if you don't get it. So look at, look at this in three now, there's a lot of reading here, so don't, don't, don't get mad at me because y'all like, well, Pastor Chris, ain't that much reading. 319, and then we're going to go right there. Okay, got that? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter in what? The promised land. Let us therefore fear. Why was that? You see, 4 and 1? Why I got to fear? Let that, ooh, come on, somebody. So we see, let us fear while we fear it. A promise being left to us entering in this rest, any of us seem to come fall short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as them, but the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith that heard it. Okay, I'm okay with that. For we, for we which have believed do enter in the rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Mm. Enter into my rest. Although my works were finished. That's verse three. From the foundation of the world. So watch this. What happens if you don't mix faith with the promise of God? You're going to come short of that promise. He said, be careful. You know, I like verse 1 because he says, fear. Don't leave none of these promises on the table. That's, what I, that's why I keep telling everybody I like movement. You know, I was talking to you guys today. I was talking to the team about movement. We got to have movement going forward. I don't like leaving nothing on the table. Let's go get it. Let's go for it. Constant movement towards these promises. When your words, look at this. So you become... You got to become fully persuaded this. Now, remember, your tongue is the mixer. What you eventually keep speaking, you're eventually going to start getting traction and belief. That's how you become fully persuaded. When your words come into agreement with God's words, they are going to create an atmosphere of faith and produce that image, the exact image of that promise inside of you. Once that image is perfected on the inside of you, you'll start becoming a partaker of exceeding great and precious promises. The words are powerfully released once you have the inward picture. Now, that's 1 Peter 1 and 4. You want to see that? Go to 1 Peter 1. 1 and 4. I'm sorry, 2 Peter. I'm sorry. I always do that all the time, you know. I don't do that all the time because I don't want to keep doing it. I've got to break that. First, second Peter 1 4. I always think it's first Peter 1 4. But I'm not gonna do that no more. That's bugging me. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by these what? A great, exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we got to put these images on the inside of us and by these images we could become a partaker of a what? Of a divine nature. You got to speak those things. So you got to mix that faith with them promises and create those realities in your life. Now I don't know about you, 
But I'm going to tell you what, that's important, you know? That's why your faith needs to be fixed on these promises. I like that. I was pulling this in, you know? Because a lot of times this, you know, we understand, why don't I act on the word of God? Why am I, why am I slow to be on the draw with you? We don't have an inner, you don't have an inner, inner image of this stuff. And until you get an inner image of this stuff, what you wind up doing is these, there are special laws in faith. And if you ain't careful, you don't operate in them because the, the thing that starts happening is we, instead of accepting these promises, we reject these promises because we don't have the right internal picture. When God said, I'll supply all your needs, guess what he was meaning? He's going to supply all your needs. When God said, I could do exceedingly abundantly, guess what he's going to do? He's going to do exceedingly abundantly. But guess what? If you don't plant that faith within you, the word of God must be inside of you. You, you listen. You can't, you can't get the right, you can't get the right speaking if you don't have the right image. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of times we say, well, you know, we got to get the speaking. Yeah, we do got to get the speaking, but we got to get it all in proper order. We got to get the believing, then the speaking. I don't want your tongue deceiving your heart because when your beliefs don't connect to your mouth, you deceive yourself. Those are spiritual laws. You know, that's why Jesus gave you the power of words. That's why he said, you know, you know, even this, right? Jesus said this. He said, uh, you can bind and you can loose. You know, Matthew 16. With your words, you're binding things. With your word, you're loosed things. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. You want to see that? Matthew 16, 19. It's important. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Jesus gets a, look at this whole story, because this whole story will make a lot of sense. Okay? Um, go to 13, 16, 13. Let me just read it in, in place. I got time. Yeah, I got some time. And when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, said, who do you say that I am? Whom do men say that I am, the son of man? Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias. Others say you're Jeremiah. And some one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said to him and answered him, thou art a Christ, the son of the living God. See that right there? He said, you're Jesus Christ. You're the son of the living God. He said, you're the anointed one in his anointing. Woo, you Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus answered said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Ooh, come on, somebody. He said, my, my daddy in heaven, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He's the one who showed you what it is. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, Starts telling him who he is. He said, who am I? He recognizes you, Christ. He said, well, then who are you? He tells him who he is. He said, you're Peter. Once you identify who Jesus is, he can reveal to you who you are. And what? I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, how's that going to happen? I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Now listen, he said, kingdom authority is found in words. And here's what they are. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, I want you to understand this. Now, you say, 
Well, I didn't bind it. Well, let me ask, let me show you something here. Okay. Okay. Now I know you well, I didn't say, I didn't say uh uh um you know I didn't fasten it up. You know, that's what the saint Saint Satan um one other time he says he had a lady bound, she was bent over, and Jesus laid hands on her and she was made straight. He 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 whatever's been bound has been oppressed. Okay? Bind and fasten. Okay? Put under. Right? He said, Thou shalt bind under. Now let me explain something to you. This isn't just going, oh, I bind that. You could speak like that, but we don't realize sometimes we're undoing our words with our mouth. So if you start talking sick and you start talking lack, and you start talking not enough, and you start talking all this junk, you are binding. Does that make sense? Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll show you to you this, because this will make more sense. Okay? Okay? Okay. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom, realm, to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven, and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. That's a big one, Right? He's saying, the key, I will, and that's not all. You'll have complete and free access to God's key kingdom, keys to open any and every door, no more barriers between heaven and earth, and yes in earth is a yes in heaven, a no in earth is a no in heaven, okay? I'm just reading a bunch of different translations. We don't have to turn there. You just trust me for it. Amplified, Amplified Classic says, um, says this, I, this is good. You can turn there if you want. Amplify Classic. You know, if you want to show it to them, they can see it because we're almost done. But um, I want you guys to pull this in. Okay? Man, I like this. Amplify Classic, Matthew 6, 19, reads a little bit. Binding and loosing means this. With words, you bind things, and with words, you loose things. Sometimes you think, you know, you're just being honest, but basically you just loose the enemy in a situation. Don't, don't say it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what it is already bound in heaven. And whatever you lose, declare lawful on earth, must be what it is already loosed in heaven. You see that? You get that? He's saying, I'm going to open doors no man can open. I'm going to shut stuff nobody can shut because I'm God. And this is big. Check this out. I think this is big, right? So you bind things, right? But I just got to be honest. No, man, you might be giving the devil access. Don't be honest. Don't be a liar. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you got something going on, like, if you're broke, don't tell the world. Just be quiet, man. You know what I'm saying? Tell them the truth. But why, why are you going to be airing all your stuff out? You know, I like it. Like, people, man, some of you people talk too much in a negative why? I'm oppressed. Why are you telling people that? The enemy operates on authority of words. Don't give him no words. Whatever you do will prosper. No weapon form you against you shall prosper. Give it to be given to you. Good man. man, I'm telling you what. Say what the Bible says no matter what you feel. But I want, I want, I want to tell somebody. Don't tell nobody nothing. I don't pray. You know me. You ever ask? You, watch this. Watch this. I'm a, can I tell, let me tell on myself. Have you ever seen me in 17, 20 years ask somebody for prayer? Not once. Now listen, the prayer team prays stuff. But what do I need 9,000 people praying for something for? 
I need one person in faith, and I'll be that one person. Look, I'm not being a smart guy, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I want, I'm not going to voice my weaknesses to the world. Now, look, don't take this the wrong way. If you need help or I believe in people praying for you, please understand me. Now, everybody will take that and go wacky extreme and say, I should never ask anybody to pray for me. People pray for me every day. Somebody the other day in church, I said, you pray for me every day. I covet your prayers. Please hear me. But I don't go out there and go, oh, I'm so, I'm so broke. You know, I'm so broke. Somebody pray for me. Oh, I'm so sick. Somebody pray for me. No. No, you want people to pray for you, but man, get your, call those things that be not as though they were. Now, I'm not saying you don't want people praying for you, but some people, man, you just live in a constant telling everybody everything and they ain't helping you, man. Just keep some word. God's word in your mouth produces the face force. That's important. Now, have you, do I ask for people for prayer? Because I can feel it already. Somebody's like, well, oh, should I not ask for people for prayer? That's not what I said. Hear what I said. People want to just complain and get attention. Okay? If you need help, call your prayer partners and get help. But some people walking around verbalizing stuff that doesn't need to be verbalized, and instead of it being used for your positive, it's being used for your negative. And that's a mess. And the next thing you got is this. Uh, you got a bunch of confession out there because this is what people say. Well, sometimes you think you're just being, you know, with your words you buy and with your words. Sometimes you think you're just being, um, you know, honest. And you lose, you lose the enemy against you in your finances by saying, well, you know, I just never can get ahead. If ever I got a good job, I lose it. You know, those words lose the enemy against you. I'm just defeated. I'm just weak. I'm just broken, I'm just messed up, I'm just shot out. Man, get your circle that holds you up in prayer, but don't be broadcasting all over the place how broken and shot out and messed up and miserable and all this out of your mouth. David said, put a guard over my mouth that, I, the, that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth are pleasing to you. Have your private time of prayer but don't be broadcasting some of the stuff you got all over the place and let the enemy use it against you. I like that. Have your select few that you can go in and say, hey, help me out. But man, I'll tell you what. That's what God said. Get ready for victory. God's word, is in, God's word in your mouth produces faith. Woo, I like that. I like that. There's creative power in your words. This is, what, this is what you need to know. Not one bit of God's power has ever departed from his word. There's so much power in God's word that this is as good as the day when God spoke it. It's not void of power. You're void of speech. You got to speak what God said. Don't speak what the world says, and don't speak what the enemy says. There's creative power in God's word, and you release it when you speak it. There's evil presence in the world to afflict and oppress you and try to stop you. But when you speak God's word, 
you understand that you are breaking that oppression, not just off of the people that hear you, but yourself. Do not allow yourself to be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and speaking what God says about every situation. There is a spiritual force in the word of God that produces faith release that brings authority into your situation and breakthrough upon your life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Once you hear that promise, desire that promise, just speak the promise. Let the weak say they're weak. No, let the weak say they're strong. You see this? Let the poor say they're rich. Let the sick say they're well. Let the broke say they're rich. Come on. Let the oppressed say they're set free. Give me the oil of gladness. Come on. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You got to start speaking positivity based upon the word of God and release your confession and faith-filled words to change your situations. Pastor Chris, where do I go? Go to God in prayer, in the quiet place, in the secret place, and in public, you profess that you are who you are in Christ. And that is the key to moving faith in your realm. I promise you the truth. I'm telling you, this is how you do it. You start applying these principles, you start taking these actions, you're going to create a brand new future for you like you've never seen before. Faith in your confession to create the world you want to live in is the key to releasing the catalyst of transformation in your life. Praise God. Let me pray for you. My God in heaven, I'm telling you, that's a lot of stuff in there. You better go back and think about that. Conditional promises, unconditional promises. The devil's going to use all those words. You better speak the right words. And don't be out there speaking negative. Don't be speaking doubt. Don't be speaking sick. Don't be speaking unbelief. Don't be speaking broke. Call those things that be not as though they were. Reach out in the faith and pull in the promise. Glory to God. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that they understand that their confession has released a brand new ability upon their life and in their life. Let them supernaturally speak forth as the oracles of God and let the blessing of God rest upon them. Let the favor of God rest upon them and let your faith rest upon them supernaturally so they can do and achieve everything you call them to be and do. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys. Don't forget, I'll see you Sunday, 9 and 1030. Got a lot of great momentum going. Don't forget, we got our summit coming up. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. We got some transformation. Get ready. May is right around the corner. Can you believe this? I, I'm telling you, man. I said it when I started. May is right around the first week of May. We got that. We're going to have a men's fellowship coming in. We got a lot of stuff going on. Stay updated. RelevantFL.org. Praise God. Don't forget, download the app, Chris Sarna Ministry app. Don't forget, get the YouTube. Get our YouTube right here, Relevant Church YouTube. Go there, click the link. They're going to have all these links coming up. You better watch all this stuff. We're going to be on TikTok. How you like that, Doc? I threw it out there, right? Get us on TikTok. Get us on every social media platform and share it. Let your friends know they can find us. Because I want you to know, we got to get in this earth and we got to make a difference now while we're here. Amen? While it gets darker and, and gloomier and doomier, we're going to get brighter and better and prettier by the minute. Why? Because we got Jesus Christ and we need to go share him with the world. I love you guys and i'll see you soon thank you for listening to this episode of relevant live with pastor chris sarnum if you are interested in learning more about relevant church you can visit us at relevantfl.org and don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week thanks for listening